From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back once more to the Cannabis Podcast, if this is your first time, and especially warm welcome for you. If you're looking for cannabis information, well, you came to the right place. The next 30 minutes or so are going to be filled with that. And let me remind you, this program is intended only for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction and is intended purely for entertainment purposes. You should always consume your cannabis responsibly. What do we have on tap today? The Health Canada, the Health Canada, is that what we're calling them now? (laughs) Health Canada Advisory Panel says that CBD is now safe for mainstream retail. We'll see what that means. Story about BC, which if you haven't heard, is currently under a BC government workers' strike. And that means no cannabis stores got delivery this last week. That could be a problem if it carries on. I have some comments to share from subscribers that I recently received. On Cultivar Corner, we are going to talk about general admission peach rings distillate infused pre-roll. And we give you the winners from the recently completed 2022 Unicorn Cup cannabis comparisons held recently in the Kootenays. All of that and more on episode 104 of the Cannabis Podcast. When I started this podcast three and a half years ago, I had no idea it was going to build a a sense of community and that we were going to grow so close together. It's been a fabulous ride, and I love when you contact me and let me know how the show is impacting you. Two recent uh, experiences of that, Tony and Dan. Thanks for contacting me, guys. Two longtime listeners connected this last week, and I always appreciate that. Tony just wanted to reach out, say hello. He's been listening to all the episodes from the very beginning, currently at episode 71 right now. I love it when you start from the beginning and kind of work your way through the catalog. I think you're doing great work. I really hope you continue with it. And I love being a fan and follower of your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. That's Tony. And Dan just wanted to send a quick message. He, close to my age, smoked into some in high school. This is a very common story. Backed off a little in life, but now that it's legal, I'm in. Just want to say I love your show. Information is awesome and very entertaining. And your happy eyes has been my foggy eyes for 45 years. Keep it up. Love you. And it was those two comments that made me realize that I think maybe it's time we introduce a new segment into the podcast. A segment that truly involves you. What's your cannabis story? Now, later in this episode, I'm going to premiere that new segment. And in fact, it will be a story from Tony. And it's a rather unique cannabis story. So what's your cannabis story? If you'd like to share that with us, send a note to info at cannabispodcast.com. And as they come in, we'll share those in the What's Your Cannabis Story segment. Now, I also want to comment on some recent experience that I had from Ken. Ken is in the Okanagan. He grows some cannabis and he shared some samples. (laughs) Thank you so much for that, Ken. There was some serious six. There was some purple Romulan. There was some, oh, goodness, oh, I can't find that one. There was, oh, a strawberry AK-47, I think. Really nice stuff. Really appreciated. So thank you very much, Ken. I appreciate that. And also had a suggestion from a longtime listener and subscriber, Kevin. And Kevin suggested, you know, one of the things I'd like to hear on the podcast is you make some predictions about something in the cannabis industry, and then we can have a checkpoint to 
few episodes or a year down the line and see whether or not you were right. Interesting challenge, and I'm up for it. I've been kind of pondering what, what that might be. And I think one of the things I am prepared to make a prediction on is, I think at least in terms of here in BC, where Farmgate is just opening up and the BC government employee strike, which we'll be talking about in a little bit, is having such an impact that it is kind of speeding up the LPs and the micros who are ready to do direct delivery. They're kind of getting ready a bit faster. So I think that's going to be big. By the end of this year, I think it's going to be much bigger than anyone thought, and that is because it's being spurred on by the fact that cannabis access is now restricted due to the fact that the distribution centers are all behind picket lines. So that's probably my first prediction about where I think an area the cannabis industry is going to be by the end of this year, and Farmgate in BC is going to be big. I think there's going to be a whole lot of micros who are up and ready to sell by the end of the year. And there was one other thing that I thought worth mentioning today, and that is something that happened just a couple of weeks ago over in the Kootenays. Have you heard about it? The Unicorn Cup. Well, the Unicorn Cup is all about cannabis comparison. It's rooted in education and compliance. The goal of the experience is to help consumers learn to assess good cannabis and what balance of factors to consider when consuming it in various forms. With the help and participation of their legal BC licensed standard micro producer and personal use ACMPR producer friends, we educated the very important unicorn guests on how to assess and appreciate BC cannabis. What is the Unicorn Cup? It is a combination of music and education, lakeside camping, and cannabis comparison that happens in the Kootenays, happened at Rosebud Lake, and I had heard little bits about it, but I'd never heard a whole bunch until this year. When everybody started saying, hey, are you in the Unicorn Cup? Are you going? I think I may have to plan that for next year because it sounds like just a hoot. But I did want to touch on it because it did happen. It's pretty big in the cannabis world here in BC. And I thought it also worthy of talking about who the winners were. So let's talk about the flower components. In the personal producer category, third place, which was Gas Truffle 28, that was grown by Kaikote. Second place. Jealousy and Ice Cream Cake, as Temptation, was grown by Aaron Malone in second place, and Aaron also picked up first place for the PPF3 Black Men's. Well done to both Aaron and Kai. Moving to the licensed producer category, the winners were third place, which was Purple Punch Mints, and that came from Joy Botanicals. Second place, BC Organic Dance Hall from the folks at Coast Mountain Cannabis. And in first place at the Unicorn Cup 2022 from the LP category with mint chocolate chip, it's been sampled here on the Cannabis Podcast, mint chocolate chip from Sweetgrass Cannabis. Congratulations to everyone who organized, volunteered, participated, and attended the Unicorn Cup 2022. That might be something to put on my social calendar for 2023. And I also want to tease you about an upcoming interview. There is a product coming to market sometime in 2023, and it could very well have a dramatic impact on the cannabis beverage industry, and in fact, all beverage industries in Canada. It's a product called the Jot, and it can accurately dose into any beverage, up to 10 milligrams of THC per time. Very interesting device, interesting concept. It could have a big play in the cannabis industry. So that interview with the co-founder of DJOT, Elad Barak, is coming up on the next episode of the Cannabis Podcast. And I would be remiss if I did not mention Rob. 
Rob has bought me more virtual tubies than anybody else, I'm pretty sure. Rob, thank you so much for your support, dude. I really appreciate it each and every time. And how about we get to our first story? And for that, we're going to go to mjbizdaily.com and a story by Kristen Nichols, the hemp editor. CBD is safe and tolerable in healthy adults and should be available without a prescription. A panel of scientists recommended to Canada's top health regulator Thursday. The endorsement comes three years after Health Canada first appointed a team of experts to consider whether CBD should be sold by mainstream retailers and not limited to adult-use cannabis stores or by doctor's recommendation. The experts, a nine-member panel formerly called the Science Advisory Committee on Health Products Containing Cannabis, concluded that CBD is safe and tolerable for short-term use, a maximum of 30 days, at doses from 20 mg per day to a maximum dose of 200 mg per day. Health Canada is not bound by Thursday's recommendation and has no deadline to act on it, but the recommendation could open an enormous new market for CBD. Paul Peterson, CEO of Vancouver, British Columbia-based Nextleaf, which makes CBD and THC extracts for other manufacturers, estimates Canada's current illicit CBD market to be worth about $4 billion a year. He envisions such sales moving into Canadian grocery and drug stores alongside other dietary supplements. Anywhere that sells vitamins, we're excited to be able to sell CBD in those environments, Peterson told MJ Biz Daily. The panel noted the desire of Canadians to access health products containing cannabis without practitioner oversight, such as from a physician or nurse practitioner, but also called for CBD products to carry warning labels. The panel members also noted that CBD won't get most adults high. If an individual took up to the maximum dose of 200 mg per day, the maximum amount of THC that is absorbed into the bloodstream and reaches the brain would potentially be too low to cause appreciable psychotropic effects for most people, they concluded. The recommendation did not distinguish whether CBD comes from hemp or marijuana. It also did not conclude that CBD is effective. Health Canada, an agency analogous to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, will make the final decision on whether the CBD could be sold in grocery and convenience stores and other mainstream outlets. CBD could be going a little bit more mainstream and have some validity to it. What do you think of that? From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Coming to you from a province that a supply of cannabis is becoming more and more difficult to access, this is a story from our friends at theokanogansee.com, written by David Wiley. Striking B.C. government workers continue to target cannabis supply, cutting off the flow of product to both provincially run B.C. cannabis stores and private retailers. The strike has already had an impact, with at least one store in the Okanagan shutting down temporarily and others running low on stock. Smaller producers have complained their products are stuck at distribution centers. Picket lines went up outside four B.C. liquor distribution branch wholesale and distribution centers on Monday as targeted job action began. However, the B.C. General Employers Union says that workers at provincial cannabis stores would report as usual until advised otherwise. Retail liquor and cannabis stores will not be part of this phase of job action, says the BCGEU in a news release. Corey Waldron, an old friend of the Cannabis Podcast, CEO of Retailer Mood Cannabis, which has two stores in Nanaimo, says it appears government stores were well aware of the upcoming strike and have had ample time to increase their own stock in preparation. This is where the conflict of interest lies. 
and unfortunately the privately owned liquor and cannabis stores did not have this internal notice, where we could have increased our stock levels in anticipation of strike action, Waldron tells the OZ. So while private cannabis stores will run out of inventory quickly, the government cannabis stores will have the advantage. He says on the positive side, direct supply has now begun, which means private retailers can now place orders directly from small producers and processors. Although this may help offset the effects of the strike somewhat, we're not holding our breath that the program will be fully functional on day one, he said. Jacqueline Pajota, executive director of the Retail Council of BC, tells the OZ that it will result in a halt to deliveries to all stores, both public and private. This is an excellent example of the precariousness of a legislated monopoly, providing the sole supply chain for an essential service, she says. This strike action will significantly impact the legal cannabis supply chain. It's a fact that shortages of legal products will drive consumers back into the unregulated market. The Retail Council is calling on the B.C. government to expedite and expand the direct supply program in order to ensure private retailers maintain access to their supply chain. Failure to take decisive action will hurt small businesses and reverse the hard-won progress legal cannabis has made in B.C. at a time when our sector is already coping with a turbulent market, she says. Picket lines are up at the Delta Distribution Centre, the Kamloops Distribution Centre, the Richmond Distribution Centre and the Victoria Wholesale Customer Centre. Well, there you go. That has an impact already on, on the... When, in fact, I had prepared this story to read on this episode, it did not include that fact that one store had already temporarily closed. That was an update which was a repercussion of the strike already. At some stores, stock is getting low. We need help. Please. <laughs> Get back to the negotiation table and let's solve this dispute because cannabis should be and is an essential service. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. And we are taking a different tact on Cultivar Corner today. In fact, there won't be any vaporizer involved because it's pretty hard to stick a pre-roll inside the vaporizer and make it work. <laughs> there has been so much noise this summer, uh, certainly here in BC, about infused pre-rolls. Been become one of the biggest sellers. No question about that. So I was in the store the other day and somebody ordered, I think, about 18 of these. <laughs> What's my first indication that maybe these are pretty popular. Maybe it's time that I try something else. I am going to need to get out of my Juder's Leap to read the label. Because <laughs> there is an ingredient on here that I did want to cover off. Because um, this is not just your average weed where some cannabis is stuffed inside of a paper. This one has some definite aroma. This is, I guess I should tell you what I'm talking about, first of all. This is General Admissions Peach Rings Distillate Infused Pre-Roll. Now, as I said, infused pre-rolls are huge this summer. Just about everybody is coming out with them. Uh, we may have to cover some other ones as well uh, because they are just everywhere. Partly because of the taste, partly because of the kick. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. Mostly because of the kick. <laughs> Most people who come in looking for the infused say, I want something to really, really kick me on my ass, is what they say. 
So you're going to get a better chance of doing that as opposed to a standard joint. This, and let me give you the story, first of all, of general admission peach rings. And then we'll talk about the specifics of what I've got here. Their story is they have combined the best of both. They followed their imagination and let fun be the inspiration in developing the first infused pre-roll line. This is general admission we're talking about. Sourced from quality whole flower cultivars, infused with our signature distillate and dusted in premium keef, this is not just any squish in a stick. Gemlin Mission Peach Rings distillates infused pre-rolls give you a sticky, sweet, and all-around sour burst of that classic slice of peach. Floral notes round out the sugary profile of this favorite strain, known for being exceptionally smooth and potent. I'm looking forward to the exceptionally smooth and potent part of that. Now, I did say that I was going to get into the specifics of it because this is a distillate infused. So obviously there's going to be some distillate in there, but I'm curious what else have they stuck inside this pre-roll and on the outside. It's really obvious when you look at it because the bottom half of it is covered in keef. That's really cool. I like that. Now let's take a peek at the <laughs> they do list the, in the ingredients on the label, but it's in such small print, I have to get out my jeweler's loop in order to read it. So the ingredients are cannabis extract, dried cannabis, keef, botanical terpenes, gum arabic, cannabis concentrate. So there you go. Botanical terpenes. You may have heard me slip that in. And we talked about that a lot, especially people who are coming in looking for the carts, because oftentimes they're looking for that flavor. And guess what? The flavor is coming from those botanical terpenes because they can load them up. There's debate whether or not the botanical terpenes are truly different than the cannabis derived terpenes. I mean, molecularly, it's the same structure for terpene, but there are those that feel, and I'm not sure whether I'm on one side of that or not whether I feel that the cannabis terpenes make more sense. Uh, I know that if we're going for flavor, throwing in those botanical terpenes steps up the whole game a lot. So let me give you the rest of the details for general admission. The Peach Rings Distillate Infused Pre-Roll. And this is just a single gram. Uh, this isn't a pack of three. This is a single one. And my THC is sitting at 36.47%. That's why people are in to infuse pre-rolls. It's sativa dominant which is good for the particular time and day that I'm in. What terpenes we got involved here, we got beta-pinene, caryophylline, delta-limonene, linalool, and myrcene. That's a nice little stretch of terpenes. Beta-pinene, caryophylline, delta-limonene, which is an unusual limonene, and then linalool and myrcene. And this was grown in BC. And then we have the nutritional table and ingredient list. If I just scroll down my webpage a little further, I wouldn't have had to get out the jeweler's loop to read the, the label. Ingredients, dried cannabis, cannabis extract, botanical terpenes, keef, and gum arabic. I guess gum arabic must be some kind of a uh, uh, binding agent to hold everything together. Now, interestingly enough, well, I guess that's the, that's the distillate. They say cannabis extract, so I guess that's the distillate. We got some dried cannabis, grown in BC, sativa dominant, by golly, I think it's time we had a uh, taste of this. And more importantly, let's see what that 36.47% THC is going to do. This is General Admissions Peach Rings Distillate Infused Pre-Roll. 
And those names are getting longer and longer. Oh, see now there's why they had the botanical terpenes. Flavor. <coughs> if we're looking for a smooth smoke, <coughs> that may not be the best way to start. But my goodness, the flavor of this thing is insane. So now I know why people are buying the peach rings. Dissolute infused. Pre-roll. <laughs> You've heard me talk about it before. <coughs> but once we get some cannabis into a herbal vaporizer, how we can truly taste the cannabis, which of course would be much of the terpenes in that cannabis. But with this one, we don't have to think about that at all. That peach flavor is just right up front. And it's a big component of every time you draw out of that. There's a huge amount of peach flavor. Hmm. So I have to say they got that right. And once more, that's one of the reasons why they're going to use botanical terpenes. More control. If you want a peach flavor, you figure out the chemical array of terpenes that provide that and you put it together, which I guess in this case, <laughs> beta-pinene, caryophylline, delta-limonene, linalool, and myrzine. Hmm. So, the only thing that I'm questioning in the description for this is the exceptionally smooth. Tastes good, like it tastes just so bountiful like peaches. And what I'm always curious about, <coughs> is it the introduction of those botanical terpenes? <coughs> Which I grant you are giving the fabulous flavor But are those contributing to the fact that this really makes me want to cough after every hit? Okay, that one didn't. <coughs> and a reason we go down this path again, we want some higher THC. Which is a difficult thing to achieve from the sativa perspective. 36.468% THC. Again, every time you take a, a hit of this, the peach just goes bonkers. That's got to be why people are doing that. And it must be the same thing with their cartridge. It must just be full of flavor. Now, I'm looking at this ash coming off of here. I'm about a third of the way through the joint right now. It's been hard. I <coughs> I wasn't expecting it to be this harsh based on their exceptionally smooth and potent. Now, the potent, I think, is kicking in. I believe I was starting to describe the ash. <laughs> and I got about a quarter of an inch ash build up right now. And nice gray ash on that. 
comes off of that rather nicely. How the joint was rolled was good. Nice and smooth, well-packed, smoking smoothly. I have not had to relight it. You can just kind of see the keef on the outer edge of it. It really is dipped in keef, that lower probably three-quarters of the joint. Um, Applied, maybe that's where the gum arabic comes in. They, They put that on the paper first, dip that in the keef. And then it literally just sticks like a second skin. (laughs) Fascinating. And equally fascinating is the fact that I just keep looking at this joint and and thinking it looks really good and it tastes really good. (coughs) And here comes the... Okay. And it's getting me really high. Good. (laughs) Bit of a creep. I almost would have expected to feel some of those happy eyes just a just a little earlier, I guess. So it's more of a creep. Maybe it's the combination of it, and maybe it's the fact again that that the distillate that they're using to pump up the THC and distillate and cartridges doesn't really do much for me. So it could be a similar situation um, where you're hoping for a bit more than what you're actually going to receive. Ah, but there it is. Wait long enough and ye shall receive. Mm. Oh, and I was hoping for that too. <laughs> because these things aren't cheap. <coughs> and we've talked about that before. That if you're looking for an economical way to purchase your cannabis, pre-rolls, not the way to go. And infused pre-rolls, Definitely not the way to go from an economical perspective. (coughs) See, there's that harshness still there. Let me catch up. Because I think this was about 15, 16 bucks. Decided to do it as a treat. Many of you had wanted to hear what was happening with these infused (coughs) pre-rolls. So I'm kind of in, in mixed emotions here. Definitely got the high. <coughs> it has come on again, <coughs> perhaps a little delayed in the initial onset. So the high has come on, but as you can hear, I'm really struggling with the effect of this on my throat. And again, I don't know if that effect is coming from just the fact that it's a joint, which I don't usually got as much. Or whether it's those botanical terpenes. So that's going to be a bit of a mystery. Dependent on your endocannabinoid system and your lung capacity at the time. It's been a bit of a struggle. I mean, the taste is lovely. It tastes really a lot like peaches. Still got some of that key outer coating. Definitely a kick. Definitely very strong. It's given me a really good buzz. But based on my experience, I'm not sure I can agree with this statement, known for being exceptionally smooth. Any guesses? I think it's a terpene. <coughs> think it's the distillate. <coughs> I don't know. The high is in, but the jury is still out. On general admission, peach rings, distillate-infused, keef-coated pre-roll. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast.
where, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I think it's time we introduce a new segment. There are so many stories, so many cannabis stories across our country, uh, across the world. Each and every one of you has a unique and different cannabis story. And I think it would be cool if, if we shared them all. I was sparked to this idea again by Tony and Dan, their comments recently that they sent into the podcast. And it just seemed to me that there is so much commonality and yet there's a twist to everyone's unique story. And that's why I thought this was an appropriate one. This is Tony. Tony is from BC and he has been listening to the podcast. As I say, he's up to what episode number 71 or 79 now. And this is Tony's story. I'm originally from Ottawa, Ontario, but now I live in Vancouver. I'm 48 years old, work professionally in an office job. I started my cannabis journey rather late compared to other people. I started when I was 38. I was traveling in Amsterdam and I decided it was time to try a joint. Before then, I was always too afraid to the repercussions of possessing and smoking cannabis. That one joint led me to experiment further with cannabis, but on a very casual level. I would mostly use cannabis when I was traveling, just because I didn't want the stigma of being known as a Canada user or pothead. Fast forward to October 2018. I tried to get cannabis through the gray market, but sadly, the delivery costs were just way too much for me. I ended up waiting until a legal cannabis retail store was open near where I live. Since then, I've only bought my cannabis through legal channels. I'm not much of a smoker and prefer oils, capsules, and edibles. Just like you, I thought the Liberals dropped the ball with the rollout on Legalization Day. There was so much they could have done better, but at the same time, I was invested in cannabis stocks, Aurora and Canopy. I sold out before Legalization Day happened and ended up making a healthy return. I'm not sure if that makes me a hypocrite, as I complain about what Trudeau did wrong, but at the same time, I profited from cannabis without growing or selling a single plant. And that's what I mean. Every single one of us has a unique cannabis story. And I think it would be so cool, just like Tony shared with me, and now I've shared with you. <laughs> I did get his permission before I shared that story, just so you know. If you'd like to share, I'd love to hear your cannabis story. Send it to info at CannabisPodcast.com. And let me finish with a brief summary of what's happened in the garden this year. I've already expressed that we had some issues at the start of the year. Never happened before where we had germinated. I think these were the sativas. We germinated four seeds. They went into the ground. They just never came up. <laughs> for whatever reason, the seeds never came out of the ground. So we got some replacements for those. And then we had had a problem with germinating those replacements, <laughs> as I've expressed in another episode, and, and those got replaced. So those finally got into the ground. Those were the AK-47 sativas, but I've already harvested the space cookies. That was the first ones that went in, and uh, they've all come out now. And we carried on using refertilizer through the grow and through the bloom stage. And I have to say, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the size of the buds that are coming off of these plants. Uh, went to a new drying mechanism. I got a, I got a net dryer that allows me, I got a very small space. <laughs> I don't have a lot of area. So I needed to find a condensed way of being able to dry cannabis reasonably well in a smaller space. Found this hanging net that has six different rows. 
and managed to put the entire space cookies crop into that. There's still a little bit, still a few up at the top that I've now rearranged, but I spent most of today using my new Fisker uh, trimming scissors. Not scissors, they're much more than scissors. I have to say I should have done that years ago. What a stupid person I've been, I've been using up to this point, just a stupid pair of kitchen scissors where you got to stick your finger in two of those holes. And <laughs> I know, I know, I already admitted it, it's stupid. But uh, I've now overcome that. And, and wow, uh, trimming is so much easier. So ended up trimming off all of or probably 80% of these space cookies now. Have now got it in the cure process. Glass jars are in a closed suitcase behind me. Keep it nice and dark. And I'm hoping that this is going to turn into some premium cannabis. I've been happy so far with what I have seen. And uh, we'll give you a final report once the growing season is finally over. Harvest 2022. Those who are doing outdoor, outdoor grows, probably still two, three months away as we move into September and October. But for those with the autoflowers, that's happening right now. As always, if you ever have a comment on anything you hear on the Cannabis Podcast, please send a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. And remember, if you like what you hear and you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Cannabis Podcast. And if you feel so inclined, you can buy me a doobie. You can become a supporter like Kevin, William, JS, and Jordana. Thank you so much for being a listener. That's it for episode 104 of the Cannabis Podcast. So until next time, stay high and stay healthy. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.